Hey, Res family, it's Pastor Daniel here. And joining me today uh, for this fireside chat is uh, Pastor Steve, one of the lead pastors at Resurrection Church. Pastor Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well today, yes. Excellent. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, Pastor Steve is not only one of the lead pastors, meaning he's in this executive uh, committee that runs the day-to-day -day operations of the church and the staff, but additionally, Pastor Steve runs our missions department. That's his primary focus uh, on staff right now, which includes all of our missions partners, our missions uh, partner organizations, missionaries, uh, so on and so forth, both domestic and international, and has been doing that for quite some time. And uh, what we're working on in our fireside chat uh, today is we're going to be working through, uh, and, and we will be doing this for most of 2023, uh, the church's new core values. So before I get into that, Pastor Steve, you mentioned Keith Green to me. Yes, I did. <laughs> Tell me what's going on. Oh, yes. Um, well, you know, this. There, there's a, we kind of have a movement going on right now. Mm. Uh, you know, that my interest in this started with um, Aubrey uh, College or yep. University mm -hmm. and the um, uh, revival that just kind of spontaneously erupted there. And, and, and then all of a sudden the movie came out and I've not been able to see it, uh, that Chuck Smith and um, Greg Laurie were right. a key part of talking about the Jesus movement. Right. Back in my day, when I came to Christ was in that era. Right. And one of the key factors, the key people that uh, the Holy Spirit got my attention with was Keith Green mm. and his music. And mm. I just absolutely loved it. I loved his persona, you know, his family. He's a family man, had children, his wife. And, and of course, like most of the Christian world at the time, was devastated mm. when we lost him and uh, two of his children to an uh, airplane accident wow. in 1982. But uh, in the pursuit of all of this, you know, remembering when, um, and, and not only that, with uh, my pursuit of, of, of our uh, identity here at Res, um, because as you may note that um, I've been transitioning some of my uh, perspectives of life. You know, I'm 70 years old and been down the road a day or two, and um, and you know, I think I got it all together, right? But then, you know, this this culture we live in today is so different from what I was raised in. So then, when all of this phenomena started coming up, I uh, was uh, looking at some things and. Keith Green's music popped up on my my uh, feed, my Facebook feed, and I stopped to listen. Mm. And like last night, I had a listen fest. Mm. I could not go to bed because I was just enthralled with his music and listening to his testimony and his um he wasn't a preacher, but he was a preacher. Right. Uh, he he modeled my life. He really did. I really, you know, my my taste in music, uh, Christian music, uh, from that time, I primarily listened to Christian music hmm. and a lot of different genres. But um, his style was so good. And hmm. and again, listening to him last night on the, on the piano and and you know, and then his testimonies, he would stop and it's just his style, the style of that era. And so I'm really looking forward, as you know, I'm not a movie goer, right. but I'm really looking forward to go see this movie yeah. uh, that we're all talking about and uh, just doing some nostalgia that's for cool. me. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. It's kind of fitting, you know, this uh, fireside 
environment that 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 I find myself in. My wife and I have a beautiful fireplace that we sit by and 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 we literally this fireside chat, that's where we have our chats. That's cool. So it's kind of a it's it's a cool place to be in a very um um very different world today that we're living in. It is. Different time. It is. Which um there's another thing we'll talk about as we get into it that just <laughs> well, got my interest. We're you know we're working through this uh, set of core values that the elders um, came up with the, the the beginning of those those core values and that change started at our elder retreat and mm-hmm. we spent a great deal of time there just just working through that prayerfully and carefully and then came back and worked through that some more and kind of landed in this space of things that we believe are just critically important in our church, that the culture of our church, of how the tone, the, the attitude, the personality, the actions of our church. And we've talked about this before, but that always comes from leaders. Your, your leaders uh, are are the, the the point, you know, the vanguard of mm-hmm. the church and how they live, how they model um, their personal pursuits uh, is what is going to drive the church largely, right? We we are models, um, like it or not. That's actually what leadership is. And so I just wanted to talk about, you know, we have this opening statement in our cultural values that kind of explain what we're trying to get to with these four values. And it says this, it says, our goal is to worship God and work faithfully at the things Jesus left for us to do, becoming more like him in the process. As a church, we believe that doing this together will produce the following things that we call, and we have this in quotes, gospel culture. Uh, When we talked about wanting to uh, really highlight the idea of gospel culture at our retreat uh, last year, uh, what what stood out to you? Why why did you feel conviction around that? You know, how did that impact you when you we were trying to come up with it in, in the first place? Well, um, gosh, it's very complex in a sense, and it's very simple. And another sense is that, you know, uh, for this season that that we as a church, Res Church, have been going through, uh, we we really are uh, becoming mature and becoming who God has called us to be. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. And in that, it's, you know, uh, just in our sermon series and the things that we're hearing uh, from our pulpit and in our groups, the things that we're pushing out, you know, all have to do with um, more about serving others and, and less about us and our and our preferences and things. And um, just, and then, of course, we have that uh that um, podcast series that we all listened to for a while, and I listened to for a number of times, and um, it was called um, "You're Not Crazy." You're not crazy in a, in a time when things are crazy, <laughs> you know. And uh, the first one I listened to, I got, "What is this all about?" And then I really sat down with a cup of coffee in front of the fireplace, and I listened to them, mm. and I listened again, um, and so they really have it struck a nerve in my heart in the sense that um, you know I've. I've been a believer and a leader in the church for a long time. Hmm. I got it all figured out, right? Hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> I've just found, you know, I, I just, it's just like God's been speaking to me in ways that I just, it's uh, refreshing. Hmm. You know, we, we have had a lot of struggle in our church life, in my own personal family life, and all the, in ministry, just different things. And, and um, one of the things that I, I, I came across just the other day, uh, and I grabbed this book up, and it was John Piper, mm. new book, uh, came out um, called uh, Come, Lord Jesus. Mm. 
You know, it's a, it's about the coming of Christ. And his premise is that, that if you don't, if you're not looking forward to the coming of Christ, then I would challenge you. And he challenged me mm. because I'm looking for at my age, you've heard me say my shelf life is expiring. <laughs> or if when I wake up in heaven, who's going to do what I'm doing? You know, looking forward to getting away from all of this stuff in this world, this horror, this trauma, all right. the things that that actually my my part of profession that I do is dealing with horror and trauma mm -hmm. in people's lives. And, you know, it just gets to a point where, uh, you know, I've, uh, I say, come, come Lord Jesus. Cause I want out of here. Right. Wow. He smacked me. <laughs> wow. Come Lord Jesus. Cause I want you. Right. Is the mob. Not out of here. Not out of here. I want you. Uh, he's told us to be here, to stay, yeah. lean into it. it. And, you know, and so uh, it really, and really, I'm just in a, I just completed the first chapter yesterday and I'm going, wow, I, I just can't, I can't wait to get back into this and learn more. But so those things are just, for me, they're just renewing uh, what God's called me to, you know, and as I'm older, you right. know, and I had to admit that. And I've, I've, you know, done a lot of things and, but, God's got a lot more things for me to do while I'm still here. Right. You know, uh, and he, it's his timing when he comes. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward to it because I really do want to be with Jesus. I One of the things that has just really uh, resonated with my soul, I mean, just like that perfect chord where you're like, yes, is in, in this term and in the description of, of the idea of gospel culture, is that in, in I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a, and I'm a double pastor's grandkid. You know, I got this this lineage of of seeing um, churches, um, good and bad, and I've just seen so much of the the conflict and fight in Christian circles is over methodology. Mm -hmm. So much of it is over methodology, and you could pick important methods and you can pick unimportant methods. You know, I, we talked with an elder the other day about like, you know, wearing your hat in the sanctuary. I mean, just yeah. the smallest of things, right? Dressing up for a, a service. I mean, all these different things, traditions and comforts and routines and, um, and, and methods. What I love about gospel culture and the idea of it, it, it's the perfect, timeless litmus test of if you're doing God's work. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what method. If you're doing gospel work, your church, your life, your personal pursuit, your relationships are gospel-centered. Mm -hmm. And if they're gospel-centered, you're doing the Lord's work that is pleasing to him, that is worthy of honor, that is kingdom-honoring. It doesn't matter what the methodology is. You know, interesting, uh, Pastor Daniel, what you just said. When I look back at at the uh, the Jesus movement, yeah, the tie dye shirts and all the, <laughs> you know, what you just said, the the church erupted over the fact these young hippies came into the church, and and look at the church today, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Chuck Green and uh, Greg Laurie, they kind of were the um, uh, forebears. They were the John the Baptist of of the gospel culture. <laughs> they really were. Yeah. Well, and, and Pastor Jack knew uh, Chuck Smith, right? Yes, I believe he did. I think yes, he did. Yeah. Um, well, matter of fact, the River Campus uh, building built. is built after, we used the same blueprints that they used to build the first Calvary Chapel. That's amazing. Or the the one that Chuck Smith R right. built up. In Costa Mesa. Yeah, in Costa Mesa. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. It's it just, is. It's kind of humorous. God's sense of humor is mm. like beyond amazing. But, you know, we at our church are, are very, um, 
we're very committed. Very, I would say we're very committed and very concerned with being cross-generational, uh, mm-hmm. with mixing generations, with making space for generations. Um, the American churches have this uh, tendency to largely be of an age uh, you know, plus 10 years or minus 10 years of the senior pastor's age. That That's actually how American churches tend to work. Um, and we've kind of thrown a lot of that to the wind by not having a senior pastor, by doing, yeah. uh, you know, a plurality of leaders. But we also means we have to make space and get and grant authority and grant opportunities to people older than that and younger than that so that they realize it's their church and they're not just there because someone else is there. And that means we always run this whole spectrum of like the methods that different generations would like. Yeah. And I like this method. I like this method. I like this method. And I love gospel culture because what gospel culture says is I don't care about the method if this gets done. Yes. You know, um, I think one of the the greatest things that we've been able to do uh, to allow to happen in our congregation on a Sunday morning is when we have Tyler Brown, who just got his driver's license, <laughs> standing up there doing the invocation. I love it. Yes. I mean, uh, but he's coming of age. And, you know, and, and I believe um, he's very well received, you know, just him and 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 not just him. There's been more others that— Well, and a week or two after uh, an elder Kent is doing the invocation. I mean, yeah. the, the, the age spectrum yeah. there yeah. is is uh, God-honoring. It is. Yes, it is. So, yeah, so the gospel the gospel culture is—it's is, um, a retro culture. It is, all the way back to the first century. Yes, it is. <laughs> so— and retro is popular. Oh, uh, it's always popular. So, yeah. what are what are you personally? What are, what's a way or give me an example of something that you personally um, have, have really God has led you into this idea of being spirit led? So, one of the things that we talk about, you know, here is that um, I'm sorry, not spirit led. But God, when we talk about gospel culture, we often talk about it in terms of the church or the corporate church, you know, the, the body. But but how about your life, your relationships, your personal life? What what's an area that, as you've listened to and and really embraced this idea of gospel culture, uh, that you went, mm, I see where God's leading me to, to change this because of gospel culture. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, I don't think there's one area. Mm-hmm. I, I think then. If you knew me ten years ago, mm-hmm. you don't know me today. Wow! Um, and if you knew our church five years ago, you don't know us today. Wow! Um, and and I'm embracing that change, and it's it's freedom, freedom to allow somebody to read out of a version that I'm not comfortable with. You know, I've I've got saved on the NIV. You know, that was my Bible. Then I right. transitioned to the New King James, and and now I'm taking a look at the ESV. And, you know, because there's there's so much wealth of mm. beauty in, in God's Word. And so, so but this, the other side of that is that as we look at multi-generational, you know, I started a, a group in my home mm-hmm. um, with, um, we're at six men right now, and six men that have, that, Oh, I would say um, have a past. Mm-hmm. And culturally, there's so much difference within that group of men. And uh, we are going through, currently, we started just last night a step study because uh, we're all dealing with our hurts, habits, and hangups. Right, right. And and so and for, and for 
Pastor Steve to sit in a group with uh, somebody who spent 20 years or more in prison and others of addictions and, you know, different, all kinds of different uh, hurts and habits and and feel community mm-hmm. with those men. Mm-hmm. We love each other. Mm-hmm. We truly do. Right. Um, and if we were to go out, if I were to go out and get in one of the other's vehicles and turn the radio on, I'd be listening to a different genre of music than what I <laughs> right. like to listen to. And right, so, right, right. So it's so refreshing to do that. And so to be able to do that and to be able to embrace um, uh, the cultures that we're seeing coming into Res Church now, uh, I love it because, you know, one of the things I don't have a problem with is embracing cultures because, as you mentioned earlier, in the lead up to this conversation, I'm a missions pastor and I've been all around the world. I've sat and ate and slept with cultures of all different kinds right. and the foods and the, the worship styles. It's okay to do that over there. But when we get to our church here, it's got to look like this. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's so free. And so I just think that um, just um, finishing the time that God's given me to have an impact mm-hmm. on um, our culture whatever it might look like, might look like, and finishing that well, being able to disciple these these men, uh, and they're discipling me as well. This mm. is not, this is sure. not one direction. All so, discipleship goes so, both ways. So, you know, it's, and, and then just this morning, my wife and I uh, had a young lady over that were kind of helped disciple her in business mm-hmm. with her ministry that she's doing, uh, and to be able to do that with my wife together mm. uh, with this person who's going to make an impact out there yeah. way, way past my wife and I's. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's just, um, you know, trying to be able to stay effective and stay relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, relevancy is so important. That is. Um, Otherwise, we repel versus attract. Absolutely. And and the gospel should be potent. And so if we've done something that actually saps power out of the gospel, that's on us, not the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, thank you for spending a little bit of time talking with me about this. I appreciate it. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Rez family.